social media, I feel like, is a way that we have found in our society today to like release some of that burden and to make these announcements and to express our grief. And I think that that is helpful, but it does lack the, the deep nuanced mm. quality of really being able to connect with someone about what's going on with you yeah. in so many ways. And it's also funny to me that, you know, I don't know, I've been paying more attention to different kinds of these, like different kinds of therapies that use uh, mushrooms and MDMA and, oh, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, all these like uh, these trip trip therapies, which mm-hmm. I think probably help a lot of people. And that's really awesome. And uh, this, uh, what what you just described to me in doing your show kind of sounded like that. <laughs> like you did this thing and then you were immediately changed. You know, like you immediately felt different. You immediately felt like a, a weight was lifted. Yeah. Um, have you have you had the, the impulse to want to do it again for that same level of letting go? Yeah. Yeah, and I know we've chatted about it. I would like to do it this year. I think... We'll probably have to, similar to you, make some changes to the script. I think it'll be very emotional to revisit it. Um, Like you were saying, like, you need to put yourself back into that headspace. But I do want to, I feel like I'll probably unearth even more layers, you know, of just how I'm feeling and my emotions. and, And yeah, a lot of my beliefs have fundamentally changed since then, I think. Um... But yeah, I definitely do want to revisit it. I think that it would I it would probably reveal something. It's funny that you mentioned the um like the trip therapy or you know like is it like mushrooms or something? Yeah, the uh like psychedelic assisted. Yeah, yeah. Therapy. Cuz I've actually like recently been really intrigued by it and I want to try it. Um like microdosing. I remember reading several years ago, like microdosing makes you really happy, awake and creative. And I'm like, well, great. Like, let's do it. What's yeah. <laughs> like, stopping us? I would love to feel awake and happy. Um, yeah. I don't, have you ever tried it before? Oh yeah. A couple of times. I, um, and it has been extremely therapeutic and, ha- you know, made me like really connect with my, grief and loss in a way that I never had before, which was, it was amazing. Yeah. Just a couple of, uh, mushroom trips that I've gotten to go on with friends, uh, last year, I just got to do it, uh, twice. And that was the first, uh, two times that I've done it. And yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, amazing to feel like really connected to, a larger universe and also like just spend some time with my uh, deeper thoughts that I don't typically uh, allow to surface. Was it like microdosing or was it regular dosing? <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was regular. It was like a, yeah, both times uh, a healthy dose of, of the drug to go on a larger, uh, you know, trip. It really changed something about my, about my, 
I mean, not like everything about me, but there's something, I think something really healthy that shifted once I was able to connect with myself in that way, for sure. If you, if you want to try it, if you feel ready. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I think I, just from what I've heard about it, it sounds like it helps you to make connections that you wouldn't normally make because it kind of pulls you out of your regular, like, like well-worn track in your brain. Am I just making stuff up or is that how it works? <laughs> No, I think you're totally right. And honestly, not to like force a connection, but it does kind of in a way remind me of storytelling because in, in our storytelling, we're trying to reassess our existence and yeah. put more of a perspective on it that allows us to, I don't know if move on is the right term, but I think in telling a story, you are trying to frame it frame an aspect of your life mm -hmm. that I think helps you. I don't, yeah. I don't know if, um, it's not always happy, but I think in the way that we want to tell our stories, it's just helpful, uh, in this like therapeutic way. And I think in a way, <laughs> the psychedelics that I have tried, it's, it's like <laughs> you're rewriting a certain story about yourself and about oh. the way that you connect with the world Ooh. and, uh, certainly, you know, maybe not, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know if it's for everybody, but in right, the right. couple times that I've tried it, it, it definitely has helped me, uh, see myself and the way that I connect with the world in a much more like positive way. That's so cool. And I've been learning a lot recently about like stories that we have running in the back of our head. And they, uh, they use the word story, and I think there's lots of different words you could use for it, but like kind of connections that you make, like a way that your brain makes sense of something. And a lot of our stories are really negative and distorted, and a lot of them come from like an uncomfortable or traumatic experience, like a story will pop up, and then that'll be running in your subconscious without you even realizing. Like it, just a very extreme example is like a story that's, I am unlovable. And maybe, like, a bad experience happened, and then to make sense of it, you thought, oh, I guess I'm unlovable. And then that just was running in the back of your head. And, yeah, I've been trying to, like, unpack some of the stories I tell myself. And I don't know where they came from. I could try to, like, <laughs> source them back to a memory, <laughs> maybe. But, like, um, one, and if I were to, like, you know go like what's the story beneath that what's the story beneath that what's the story beneath that because I think you can go doom 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 until you find like the core one one of my yeah. core ones and it's going to sound really melodramatic and like make no sense but is no one likes me and I don't really mean that literally but like that is kind of like a story that I had in the back of my head for a while that maybe is also connected to like a fear of abandonment which I know you mentioned earlier about abandonment stuff um but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, like, I think through storytelling, you also find common threads that might be a story that you're telling yourself. Like, oh, wow, all the stories I feel compelled to tell are about, like, being afraid no one likes me or whatever it is. Because that was another thing that I thought was really cool, like, in your classes um, and through, like, you know, kind of telling little stories and then maybe weaving them together in the end that 
really helped make connections where I'm like, oh, like, I never would have thought these connect, but they do. They're this part of a bigger story that I'm telling about myself. I don't know. I'm getting really, like, meta here, but <laughs> it's, I just love thinking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I think you're pulling a really powerful thread in saying that when we tell our stories subconsciously, perhaps there is a bigger, deeper thing that we're trying to express that we may not even know, even though we're the one telling the stories. But as we continue to tell our stories and we see these patterns about the stories that we're telling, it does illuminate an aspect of ourselves of like, oh, oh, yes. Like, here is something about me, which I mean, to go, I think this was like one of the first questions you asked when we started, but like, what did storytelling help me understand about myself? Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, definitely like in writing stories about my brother, I started to write all these stories about romance I experienced in high school. And I was like, why, why is my experience with romance so connected to my brother? Like, oh, well, like he taught me what a relationship looks like. And he Mm -hmm. taught, I like modeled how I wanted to treat women or girls like in the way that he did and Mm -hmm. in trying to go after all these relationships I was trying to fix something about my relationship to love uh, that I wasn't experiencing with my brother and I I think that's a really complicated Mm -hmm. deep aspect of myself that I've like continued to understand over time Mm -hmm. Uh, but in getting to tell my story or, or yeah, is, I don't know if that's something that I would have recognized about myself if I hadn't told so many of the stories that I get to tell, uh, in my play or like written and worked through it in that way. And it just, yeah, I think it helped me kind of reassess my relationship to love in my current day, you know, in my, in my life and like asking myself, you know, as I was writing the play, like, okay, well, why am I trying to date this person? Or like, what is incorrect? You know, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, my 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 wife, uh, who I got married to, not even a year ago, mm-hmm. um, she and I were dating when I did the play. I did my first run of it. Mm-hmm. So not the not the basement show, but the I got to do like ten shows at a little theater here in Chicago. And so she and I had just started dating. We had been dating for like two months mm-hmm. when I did that run. So it was a lot for her to have to step into. Yeah. Uh, I guess it didn't scare her away because now yeah. we're married. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like even in that relationship, like. Uh, I, I kind of got to recognize, you know, in doing the show, like, oh, like I, what is, like, where is, where is all this coming from and why am I engaging with her in this way? And yeah, it, it definitely helped with uh, moving forward in my romantic life, getting to do the show. Because just, you know, recognize some patterns from my, help me recognize some patterns that I did not think that were like serving me and try mm. to come at love from a different place that maybe I, I uh, had not for the majority of my like romantic, my active romantic years as a, as yeah. a human. That's so incredible. And I feel like that is in a lot of ways, a very universal experience where we play out patterns a lot of times in 
romance, like patterns that are unhealthy or that aren't serving us. And we're like, why do I keep like dating people who do X, Y, Z? Like, I don't understand why I can't break this pattern. But I do feel like it's (laughs) like, that's just seems so common, just like based on what I've seen. And it's like, wow, like the storytelling and your play, like, kind of helped you break free from that in a way. Is that the case? I think so. Oh, in a way, I think it can help. And it's also, you get to explore your patterns and your past in this very creative way. Yeah. And within that creativity, there's all this possibility for, I mean, for play and for for fun and then also getting to create your own outlook on yourself uh so that i do i do think helps you grow yeah you're like you're literally creating your own narrative and that's such a powerful thing for someone to be able to do like what what else do we need i mean there's other things that we need uh, <laughs> but but i think in a big in a big way we all want to own our own story we all want to be able to express who we are and know who we are and through storytelling i've been able to do that in a way that has allowed me to grow as a person and i don't know what other it's like i don't know how else i would have done that I really, I, I just, yeah. I don't, without using my like creative energy, I don't know how else I would have been able to own these aspects of myself. Yeah. And it's like probably one of the most primal instinct, I don't know if primal is the right word, but primal instincts for humans, like that it just isn't as embedded in our society as a whole anymore. Like I am not a historian so this is probably going to be a very simplified version of history but i feel like we lived in much more village oriented like smaller villages we everyone knew everyone again i'm not a historian and like i think you're right i think this is correct though (laughs) i'm like oh my god i'm making this up and um you know like maybe would even commune together at night and like share their day um but like i have realized this a lot the past several years especially as i go through states of extreme loneliness where i'm just like i look around and i'm like why are we all living in separate boxes like why do i not know the person who lives in that box right next to my box and why why are we all then just like sitting in our own boxes feeling sorry for ourselves and watching a glowing box the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. And then even though it might seem simple to just walk over to the next door box and be like, hi, I live in that box. It's so much harder to do than you would think. And then it still like takes effort. And it's not just like the standard like way that it just happens. And I've been reading a book. Actually, I highly recommend this book. It's called Platonic. And it talks a lot about just like friendship and also about how as a society, we put it on a lower tier than romance, which I think is another reason why a lot of people like use romance to fill voids. Um, And and she was and the author is talking about how basically the conclusion I came up with on my own, she backed up with science. And I was like, I feel so validated. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, this is a real (laughs) thing that's happening. That 
the automobile industry, actually, really weirdly, that was a big reason why we're now so segregated, because cities are built for cars, which just keeps us, like, literally further apart. I don't know. I could talk about it forever. It's fascinating to me, and I'm also like, how do I break this divide? I don't know. <laughs> Podcasts. <laughs> Well, I know, I know I'm being silly, but I do think that is really one way of yeah. being able to bring people together is like us, you know, doing this right now, like we're having a really great conversation. And I think I love, you know, hosting events here at Green Church Studio where people get to come together and share their stories and be in space together rather than like you mentioned in their own little boxes watching a glowing box which is such a aspect of who we are today yeah. and it sucks it's like sucks. it's not i mean every now and then it's pretty great because there's some really great stuff on that glowing yeah, box there's a lot of great stuff but on that like box. you know there's you know there's some really fun stuff but every yeah but there is definitely i had last night I, I was like trying to find something on netflix and i did not want to watch anything and i turned something on and I got like 30% of my attention and 70% of my attention was just like, ugh, this is, ugh, this sucks. You know, like I didn't like it. I wasn't having fun. Um, but yeah, that is just like a part of who we are today for some, for some reason. Yeah. It's like there's this joke. That cars. Is cars. <laughs> yeah, there's this joke that's like, Netflix think I liked this show just because I watched 25 hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it's like, no. it's like i didn't like it netflix <laughs> yeah right i didn't i didn't enjoy myself while i was watching that <laughs> but i watched all of yeah, it yeah but i watched everything <laughs> yeah i i feel everything you were saying like i i love that like green shirt has that community where like you literally come together in the space and you bridge that divide Thank God we have stuff like that, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I want more of it, or I want it to be more integrated or easier to find. I don't know. Like, it's hard. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's why people love summer camp and yes. college yes. so much in so many ways, right? It's because you have this, like, built-in all the time community. I mean, Allison, my wife, she travels and performs at Renaissance fairs, mm -hmm. which is just another integrated community where they literally sit around a fire every Ugh. night after their shows and, and talk and hang out like, yeah. And she wow. loves it. She yeah. gets so much energy from it. And that is something that I do really believe in too. And that I'm grateful that I get to be a part of an organization that strives to create that place for people to get to come together at first it was it was hard because it there was this i was self-conscious because i think that's a pretty that can be like a marketing thing you know like a community like come mm. build a, like we're, we're building a community we're building a community <laughs> but but i really do mean but it you know, true, like i really yeah. do it's true like it is it is something that i put a lot of effort and time into and, and just strongly believe in. When you were talking about romance and you were like, why do I keep writing about my high school romances? Like, I don't understand. 
I'm having the same experience right now um, in writing my book, which right now I've revised so many times I don't even know what it is anymore. It feels like the jumble of <laughs> disjointed stories. I'm kind of going through like a, like a, oh my God, phase. <laughs> I'm like, what even is this? Um, but through the process of writing it, I keep coming back to like stories of like romance failed romance and like crushes and i'm like why do i keep like it feels like it's separate and i keep cutting it out but then i'm like but i want to put it in and i think it's because Mm. there's connections there that i just haven't quite made yet that are percolating but just the idea of like i for uh, basically what i said earlier we're like our society is like romance is the big thing like that is the big connection you'll make that will like your heart is not complete until you find it and then it will solve everything and then you will be a complete person and you just need to find your other half and that is through romance and it is like drilled into our heads like from a a kid like disney movies even when i'm like five years old the whole the plot like climax is when you know they get married like you know all, all these things so from a young age, like, I'm like, bing, okay, I got to look around, I got to find that. And if I don't find it, I'm garbage, you know, like I'm garbage until I find it. It's kind of like the story that was in the back of my head. Sometimes hilariously disastrous it is and how this boy or this man that I'm like idolizing or like have a crush on, I don't even know who he is. He's like a specter of my imagination. And then it's like, Mm. meanwhile, I'm having this actually really deep, real platonic friendship that I'm not even really like aware of. And that just happens easily while I'm trying to force the romance things that are that aren't happening easily and that are being forced and they're happening in parallel. So it's like I do kind of feel like I have to tell one to tell the other to like show mm. like these different ways that I'm striving for connection. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, okay. And I and one connection that I made, which was that, you know, my friend and I, we met at a summer camp, um and the big play of the summer, like the theater department we would do like one big musical and then one big play. The big play was Romeo and Juliet. And classic yeah classic right (laughs) and i just remember like lauren and i my friend and i like lost our minds the play was so it was so well done and i don't think we'd ever seen the play before period or even just like done well i had just read it in english class and been like well this is garbage like i just like i hated the play before i saw it i was like this is stupid they're 13 how could they possibly know that they love each other but then you see it and you're just like, you're like in its spell, right? It's like, oh my God, this is the most romantic thing I've ever seen. And we totally lost our minds, especially at the scene where Romeo snuck into her room in the middle of the night and it was raining and storming and it was dark. And it was the, la- I think it ended up being the last time they saw each other before they died. And then that kind of, very sim- weirdly similar scene happened with me and Lauren because the last day of camp she snuck into my cabin which is not allowed in the middle of the night it was raining it was like super like super hard rain like pounding on the roof like thunder she woke me up 
like she was just like dark figure i was like what i woke up she was there and she was she came to say goodbye and we were sobbing and hugging and saying goodbye and it was like this weird like parallel of that scene in romeo and juliet but with platonic love instead of romantic love i don't know and like i would not have made that connection if i hadn't written about it you know what did that connection help you see or or feel um i think i'm i think the trouble i'm having is that i can't quite articulate it i it's like i know it's significant but i don't know how to like how to explain its significance you know what i mean is it is it like uh the weight of of romeo and juliet's goodbye is like mirrored in the weight of your goodbye with lauren and that yeah. But that it also is like completely different based off the style of love that transpired, and just like noticing the difference between romantic and platonic, but also the platonic being so powerful for you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I think like the weight of it, and the weight of it was only significant really in hindsight, where I was like, right. oh, like that was our big goodbye. Like, oh my, because you didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know. Like, we thought we wouldn't see each other for a couple years. And that was enough to make us ball our eyes out. That was, like, devastating that we wouldn't see each other for even a couple years. But it ended up being, like, yeah, an even more significant goodbye than we could have possibly known. You know? Yeah, I, th- I think that's another example of, just like, storytelling mm-hmm. helping you understand, helping you create the narrative of your life. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that was such an incredibly significant moment for me. And that you get to tell that or write that mm-hmm. story. You get to acknowledge the significance of that moment in this very specific and particular way. Yeah. And how amazing is that to be able to acknowledge the significant moments of our life? To have that. Yeah. To be able to illuminate that is like really important. So important. Because if we don't, how do we know who we are? Or, like what's important to us? Yeah. At least that's how I feel. For me, I don't know where I would be at if I didn't get to um, acknowledge what's important to me through the stories I get to tell. Yeah, and have other people like acknowledge it too. To like see yeah. it and acknowledge it. It's it's almost like we need. We need to reflect it off other people, too. Like, it'd be one thing, like, if I just wrote the play, but if I didn't get to share it, it wouldn't have had the same effect. A hundred percent. You get to feel like, oh, I'm not crazy, or I'm not. There's nothing wrong with what's significant to me. Like, people recognize it within themselves, too, Mm -hmm. and how... How amazing is that to not feel alone in what's significant to you? Well, one thing did hit me. Uh, This is like a, I don't know if you want to include this or not, but it is just like one more thing that your first question about like, what did telling your story help you realize? Mm -hmm. And like I, you know, my brother was 18 months older than me and he got pretty heavy into alcohol and drugs 
when he was like 12 or 13 mm -hmm. and I was like 10 or 11. So it, and then he, he died when he was 23. So it was like a pretty long saga, if you will, at least from my yeah. perspective, because I was his younger brother and I just watched all of this, like my parents go through all these uh, difficult times with him and, and a lot of just like trouble at the time. It was like, oh, he's just like a partier or whatever. And then obviously in hindsight, I was like, oh no, he was struggling with addiction. And in doing my play, I got to understand how much growing up I actually admired my brother, even though there was mm -hmm. all of this difficulty within our relationship and, and the way that he was living. I'm just like, he created, you know, created a lot of uh, tension in our house. Mm -hmm. And there was all that, but in doing my play and writing all these stories, there was this real thread of that I discovered around him being somebody like I wanted to be, like I just like really looked up to him. Yeah. And that uh, that has been really helpful too in processing my grief and continuing to have a relationship with my brother, uh, especially within the context of how he died, mm -hmm. I think being able to admire him has been really important to me. Yeah. And that, I don't know if that would have happened. I think, I, I don't know how, if it w would be so real for me if I wasn't able to like make my story or like express myself around uh, the love that I have for him. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I guess it is something that was important to me to say before we uh, get off this call or stop this conversation because I don't know, it's like I talk about storytelling and talk about uh, how, like losing him and all that, but like underneath all of that too is this great like admiration mm -hmm. and, and, and love. Uh, so yeah, it's just something I wanted to acknowledge too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a huge thing to, not that you like realized it. I don't know if realize is the right word, but, that you I think no I think it is okay. in a way because because yeah. you go you know in losing a sibling to addiction and how long his struggle was there was, it was so much like ugh, like why are you doing that right like why is this what oh like what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. but and then getting to get some distance from that and understand it in a, a larger context is like oh wow you, that was really hard for you and I really there was a lot of me that just wanted to be like you too and was really frustrated by this uh disconnect between wanting to be like you but then also you doing these things that was not uh serving the family or you or like you know there's just like it was and that was just such a uh <laughs> getting like ripped in half almost as a younger sibling um yeah and that's something that I don't know if I would like it's it's something that I do express through my show and I honestly like it I had was doing it for a few years before I really noticed some of the I feel like I noticed some of the lines I put in there and I was like oh is that what I mean by that like there's a few lines around like um like the wanting to be like the person I've always wanted to be yeah and I was like oh I'm, I, I'm talking about my brother you know like that oh okay like I guess you know there is this part of me that uh, is so that that as a kid wanted to be like him so badly and yeah. uh and, and acknowledging that I think has been like a big part of healing our relationship 
that's really really powerful and i did that also really stuck with me um in your play too when you talked about how much you admired him and there was the line of like i will never stop being your little brother yeah 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 it's that funny thing about uh grief is it like it crystallizes things in time mm-hmm. in some ways like it some things will never change but then things do change <laughs> Thanks for listening. Friends Missing Friends is produced by me, Hannah Rumsey, with co-producer Sydney Bauer. Original music is by Eric Siegling, featuring The Lost Wayne. Artwork is by Heidi James. If you have a moment, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we can cherish and remember the friends we miss. I'll see you soon.